0: hello beautiful listeners i am so excited to dive into this episode but to give a brief all-encompassing warning that stolen to fight does have several content warnings which include sexual assault as well as violence so there is going to be a lot of discussion on that a lot of discussion on healing around that but it will be mentioned so keep that in mind if you proceed to listen And welcome to the HEA Book Club. I'm Samara Tool and this is a super exciting special episode. Of course, as always, we have my best friend Kelsey.
1: Hello everyone. Good to be speaking to you today.
0: And then we have three guests with us because we're going to be doing sort of like a round table loose ramble discussion on my latest release, Stolen to Fight, which is a dark historical romance. So yeah, with us we have Ariba from Brightside Candles.
2: Hello everyone, thanks for having me.
0: We have Haley from At Literary Haley.
2: Yes, hello.
0: (laughs) And Mary from Slam Doss, had. The, sleep pad. Slam this.
3: Sleep this. <laughs> Slam this. So to be here.
0: <laughs> and so all of these wonderful women are book talkers, candle makers, bookstagrammers, all around book boyfriend addicts, and we can't wait to dive into everything. All right, guys. Well,
1: I am gonna kick it off. First off, let's just give us some some basic background. So the book that we all read is, as we know, Yo, Weekly
0: Hots, Kelsey.
1: <laughs> I didn't think about mine.
0: Stressed. Okay, I'm already stressed. You'll go, you'll go last. It does every. <laughs> Are already a train wreck.
1: I'm mentally pulling it together. I literally walked into the door and turned on my computer from work, so I'm already okay. a train wreck. Totally I'm already. Fine. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: ready now. Um, I'm really ready now. Well-
0: My weekly hot was on Sunday I went to a Fletcher concert who is a queer artist and she is like incredibly badass and I would say like 99% of the audience was like woman or femme and it was just like a super super cool awesome concert and it was like an extremely safe space so as anybody who listens to this podcast know I'm with a woman and a lot of times like even in the most open settings, you don't always like want to be like PDA or like very obvious, especially at dancers when like you want to like dance, and have fun and stuff. So this was just like a really unique and
2: awesome safe space. So I am from the Bright Side Candles and I speak to a lot of different authors and one of them actually reached out to me this week and she's going to be doing a book signing and she invited me to her book signing. So in May, I'll be going to that event and I thought that was so cool.
0: (laughs) That is so, so cool. How exciting.
2: Super duper exciting for me.
0: (laughs) Are you able to share who the author is or is it like still a secret?
2: I don't know if she wants me to tell everybody just yet, so I'm gonna hold off on that, but I will have announcements on my social media a little bit down the line. Okay, perfect. Wow, so exciting. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think the best thing that came out of this was how many people started reaching out to me because I just started doing the candles in January, but I've already had so many new author friends that it's surreal.
0: <laughs> Absolutely stoked that we have some candles coming out together as well. Yes. Uh, for both books so far of the Taken series. We have yes, Captain and
2: my Cross. studio smells amazing. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait cool Haley hit us
4: so mine is more of a disaster
0: (laughs) not necessarily a hot take
4: earlier last week I live in the Pacific Northwest I'm originally from California so I'm not aware of the pipeline situations when it gets you know below freezing so I had a pipe burst and so my living room flooded so that was a disaster (laughs) um (laughs) I'm definitely glad that I was home because I was able to like salvage my bookshelves and my books. But that was my excitement of the week, if you will. Like I said, a disaster, but that's life.
1: (laughs) Is it bad that I'm already like picturing how this could be the start of a novel? You know, like your pipe bursts and then all of a sudden you like you get a knock from your neighbor and your neighbor walks in and he's just like yo can he's like I heard that your pipe first like can I help you like that's immediately where my brain went even though I know that's what not what happened but like that's what I'm fantasizing for you
4: it's funny that you say that because the guys who came to like pull the carpet out and put fans on it they were actually really hot (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) oh my god I
2: love that
4: (laughs) It was bad. I was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm in this small town. And I was like, you know, I didn't know that men like this were here. <laughs> That's a happy surprise. It was. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm
0: like taking notes, <laughs> Mary,
3: it's all you. Okay. So I had one picked out and then something happened right before this, but I'll go. So Again, not exactly like a hot thing that happened, but I read The Spy by Sophie Lark on Sunday and discovered that I definitely do not have lactation kink because that is a thing that happens in that book. That was very not (laughs) interesting. Sophie! Oh my gosh. It was. I was like, the only thing that made it like kind of okay was like one of my favorite characters, but I was like, still just like, this is too much. This is beyond. (laughs) Like, the rest of the book is hot though. It's a good one. (laughs) And then right before this, I posted my boyfriend. Like, I made a TikTok with that Nomeo and juliet the elton john song that people are like doing like oh when they first met their like significant other to now and so i did one with him and i just like showed it to him and i was like what do you think do you like it should i post it and he's like this is amazing because it's funny and so he's like really stoked about it so now if you guys can see what he looks like on my tiktok now <laughs> <laughs> he's very private so i wasn't totally sure if he would be like on board with me posting him on my public tiktok so but he's stoked about it. If if there's a funny Mm. angle, he's like, yes, let's do it. I can't wait to look that up. We'll
0: include it in the show notes for anybody listening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I have that going for me. I went to an archery tournament this weekend and it was my first ever tournament that I've ever been in. So therefore it was the best tournament that I've ever been in. And I was telling everyone that as I was leaving the tournament, because they were all like, how'd you do? Like, what was your score? And I was like, y'all, best tournament I've ever done, like best performance, right? So I'm just like hyping myself up for no reason. I go with Mr. EMT, because he and I, we do archery together. He's been featured on the podcast before by name. So it's quite the drive. So we give his place, we do our archery tournament. I'm feeling on top of life at the end. Like, I'm like, this is super fun. We're going to do it again. We come back to my place afterwards after like a nice, long, long, long drive. And we just like fall asleep on the couch, take a nap. Very sweet. Very innocent. Let's just say that we woke up and it wasn't wasn't so sweet and innocent anymore. And it was just, it was the cap of the day. It was a really nice, it was a highlight. I was actually talking to a, this is like maybe a little bit TMI, but what boundaries do I have here? We did the deed and then we were both taking a shower he got out because he can't handle like my scalding shower temperatures which apparently is just like a general thing of like I can handle the heat and he just absolutely cannot which is just I mean maybe you guys are nodding maybe not this seems to be a trend with men in general so anyways (laughs) he's outside the shower I'm now inside the shower at a comfortable temperature as he's like you're satan and I'm like no I'm not irrelevant irrelevant So I'm like, you know, like, let's talk about it. And he's like, okay, what are we talking about? And I'm like, I want to talk about how many orgasms you just gave me. And he's like, oh, let's talk about this. So we had a great conversation and it was definitely like, I want to say top five rounds of sex that we've ever had before. Like easy. So how
4: many (laughs) round of applause?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like questions. (laughs)
4: We've,
1: oh, you know, I want to say, okay. No, no, no. It's confusing though, because it's like, you know, when you have like one really great orgasm, but then it like kind of gets extended. And then you're like, was that two or was that one? I don't know. So I'm at like, I've counted it up to like 2.5 to like three, somewhere in there. But for like the length of time that we were going for, I'm very impressed it was it was all around five stars ten stars all the stars all the thumbs up
0: and now if you can just get used to your shower temperature
1: right then it would be even better there could probably be a fourth one ringing around in there (laughs) (laughs) like one of the reasons why I bring up the orgasms is besides the fact that it's amazing conversation is like, I just, I appreciate those conversations. Like, I think that it's really nice to have that communication. And especially after spending an entire day together, like doing something that's just like family fun, innocent. Like it was just, it was overall just like, it was a really lovely day. Like, even if there was no orgasms, it would have been a lovely day. And that just, that makes me happy.
3: It just ended up the thing about no. the shower being like, a conduit for those types of, like, good convos.
1: Alrighty, Haley, were you going to say something, or did we cut you off?
4: You know, I've got scroll brain, so I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, it's already gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, then I feel like now is a great time to jump into the book, shall we?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so I'm going to give some, like, nice super basic overview, almost like I'm reading the bio, but I'm not. So this is Stolen to Fight by Summer O'Toole, like snaps for Summer, releasing another book. I'm just so proud of you. Just as your best friend over here, I may or may not have bawled through the end, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh,
0: uh, like legit, there's photographic proof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is, because I always tell Summer that like she makes me cry or like something happened and I was crying and she doesn't believe me. So this time I had to send her a photo to be like, no, Summer, look at the tears streaking down my face. <laughs> like, this is real life right now. You have just made me ball. Yeah. Anyways, so basis of the book, it is Tilly and Jonas. Those are our two characters. Tilly is a headstrong female who lives in this town where she feels really defined by her, for lack of better words, like her purity, her virginity, like her worth in her parents' eyes is summed up to being just like your worth is your virginity and you're kind of known as the town slut and we can't have that because like you got to get married off one day like we don't want to deal with you you're too headstrong so that's kind of like Tilly's MO and in the very beginning of the book she is like (laughs) I think like it's like the first chapter she's like making out with the neighbor next door because she's like this is fun like I'm never gonna marry you but like at least we're having a good time and they like have a nice respectful Relationship of like, no, I'm not going to take your virginity because that's all you're worth, unfortunately. And we're just going to make out. So, fast forward to like a dinner that they end up having with some family friends and not just family friends, but also just the crosses. Shout out to book one for bringing us back to our original characters. Gotta love that. So, we have the crosses and we have Tilly's family and Tilly's twin sister Mabel and her husband. And then there's also this guest, Abraham. And Abraham and Tilly have chemistry at the beginning of the night. And they continue to have chemistry. And her parents just kind of like roll their eyes when they look at it. And they're like, she's just going to get into trouble, but there's not like we can do anything about it. So as the night progresses, it's now Tilly, Mabel, Jonas, who's the other main character, as we soon learn later in the book, and Abraham. And at this point, It's like Abraham reaches over and like whispers something in Jonas's ear. So Jonas gets up and leaves the outside porch chair that they're all sitting in. And then Mabel is like has to go inside because her husband's like about to gamble away all their money because he's like a little bit too drunk. So now it's just Abraham and Tilly. And at this point, Abraham starts like hardcore putting the moves on her. He's like, all right, like you and me, like I heard. That you'd be a fun time. Like, I'm super into you. You're stunning. Until he's like, I'm sure you tell everyone this. And he's like, no, it's just you. Like, can we just throw up some red flags right there? Like, red flag. But that's fine. It was just, it's a red flag. And as we all know, because we've all read the book, Abraham ends up forcing her, himself on Tilly. And Tilly really, really tries to fight, but is in the end unsuccessful. And she then therefore gets raped by Abraham and left in like a pile of hay in a barn and it's just kind of like thanks for the ride love like see you never I personally was really disgusted when I read this whole scene and I I didn't help summer write it but like I just I've read it so many times and each time it still gets to me fast forward two months Tilly realizes that she's pregnant so she tries to like deal with it on her own, goes to see the medicine woman. Her mom's like, no, we're not having that. You're not gonna abort this child. So you are going to go across the sea with the crosses. The crosses are gonna take you across the sea to go live with your aunt, to have the babies. So that way you can give the child up to them. And at this point, because I'm so good at like doing every single detail of this book, I'm gonna have someone else jump in But first I'm going to put like a timeline on this. This is a historical romance based in 1720. So like, we don't, we didn't do abortions. We had boats for travel. So the fact that she was going to like be shipped across the sea to have this baby is like pretty much normal for the time. Like she was a mistake or she made a mistake and now her parents see her as one. So they're just trying to cover it up. So someone else jump in because otherwise I'm just going to rehash the book like from start to finish because I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. So
3: she goes to onto the boat. She doesn't want to go. And Jonas throws her over his shoulder and forces her to get onto the boat. And she's pissed because he was there before Abraham left her by or took her like to the barn. And she thought that Jonas was like in on it. So that's where she's at. And then they get on the boat and she confesses to Sloan that she really doesn't want the baby and get Elliot and some of the other crewmen to help her deal with this situation, which was another very intense scene of Elliot punching her in the stomach to induce the miscarriage. And she deals with that grief as well. And then, which was like that was really, really intense, but very, very, very well written. I like we I was there on that ship with them. They get to Nassau in the Bahamas, and they get on a. Then, so then Jonas is going to take her to her aunt's plantation. He's like, no, he was in on this situation. I don't want to go with him. She tells Sloan and Elliot this, and they just are like, okay, we trust him. He's going to take you there. It's super hot on the carriage. She says, is there another way that we can go? I'm dying. And he's like, well, it's really dangerous, but we can go through kind of like the jungle where there's shade. And then, but it is really dangerous. She's like, I don't care. Like, you're a massive mountain of a man. You can take care of me. And then they almost immediately run into trouble. <laughs>
2: and get kidnapped and taken to Gladiator Island. I just thought that the whole setting of the gladiator was so cool when they first arrived. You know, of course, you see that there's a difference in just about everything so far. Like their dress sense is different. The rules are different. You know, when they first arrived, they saw that people were basically being treated like slaves. And I know I'm jumping a little bit, but later on in the story, Tilly, you know, she sits there and references things like, oh, you know, my aunt's plantation probably had slaves too, and I never even thought about them you know, how they were procured, how they ended up in that situation. But now that she's lived through it and she had to go through it, um, she's like, listen, even if I was a bystander, I wasn't innocent in any of that. But I think that I really was drawing more comparisons between Sloan and Cross and Tilly and Jonas their setting because of course it was forced proximity they were both sharing a cell but the fact that they didn't really use too many words to explain their feelings towards each other was more through their actions with Jonas being so protective of her and not allowing um, her to become a whore you know he basically struck a deal where he said okay I will work to pay us you know pay off her um, debt and I thought that that was very sweet on his part it showed a lot about his personality where he took responsibility for her even though his captain, you know, Cross, he was probably just, you know, doing it out of a sense of duty in the beginning, but over time that evolved and that showed that he was really starting to care for her.
4: Yeah. Jonas definitely gave me Jamie from Outlander vibes when it came to protecting Tilly specifically, you know, him taking the lashings for her and not allowing her to work on her back in order to buy their freedom which was also really interesting because I liked the fact that Dominus, he, how each day, you know, tax added on. So it's like, it's really impossible for them to get off of this island. I just, I, I didn't see that coming at all when it came to, you know, the additional tax being added on. But the whole gladiator scenes were really vivid too with, you know, killing lions and bears and other men and it was wild (laughs) that whole scene was wild
2: it was really well written like you really felt like you were there in the arena with them
3: Mm mm-hmm I can feel the heat yeah
4: yeah you're sledding with them
3: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) to have Tilly be you know, this kind of like kitchen maid wench and server for Dominus and his cronies, for lack of a better word, all the people who came out and watched the gladiators, like Jonas was the top dog gladiator. And he made sure that he kind of accomplished that position very quickly. So in the very first games that they had, where basically, it's just like this giant arena. And then all of a sudden, you know, As we just mentioned, like lions and tigers will come out and some gladiators will come out and they'll be expected to fight. But at the very end is like the most important fight. You know, it's the biggest one. It's the one that everyone's amped about. Just like when you go to a concert and there's all the like the smaller sets and then it's like, oh, boom, there's Mariah Carey. So like the Mariah Carey of this event is Jonas versus, I think it's (sighs) Jonas versus Aatrox. And Aatrox is like, has been the hot, like the top dog for a while. Everyone's like, basically like, sorry, Tilly, Jonas is going to die. And she just has to stand there and serve wine to Dominus and pretend that everything is okay. When in reality, she's about to watch this guy who she's become slowly closer and closer with, like fight Aatrox. And something to add as well is that Tilly and Jonas have been sleeping in the same cell together. They were like housed together in the main building. And with that, Jonas has really shown his soft side. So although he is a gladiator and he's a warrior and he's about to take on Aatrox, like Tilly just knows him as the man who has slowly been helping her overcome her trauma from being raped by Abraham. So like, for example, there's one night where Jonas was like breathing on her neck or something like that. And she was then like highly uncomfortable. And Jonas like immediately picked up on it and was like, what can I do to make this better? Like, obviously you're very uncomfortable. Like, how can I, how can I help you in this time? And in the way in which he phrased it made Tilly feel so comfortable that she was just like, Hey, like, can you turn around right now? Like, I just, I can't have you breathing on me at this moment. Like, it's just, it's too, it's too much for me. It reminds me too much of Abraham and Jonas is like, no problem. And just rolls over and is like, have a good night, like sleep well. And that's just that's Jonas's character, like any little thing that he can pick up on for Tilly, he will to slowly ease her transition away from this PTSD and trauma to then slowly become comfortable with, you know, a new reality that she gets to be living with. So that's the Tilly that Jonas knows this kind hearted big old softy with baby blue eyes and crazy blonde curly hair. And then he steps out into the arena and he now has to face Aatrox. And she's like, FML, like, what am I going to do when he dies or if he dies? You know, like, I can't even fathom that. Like, this guy is slowly piecing me back together again, but now he might be leaving me. Like, that's just, it's too much to handle. So I think that's a really good, personally, I think that's a really good, like, encompassing of the relationship between Tilly and Jonas. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So at this point, I'm going to do like a quick fast forward in that Jonas definitely wins because that's only halfway through the book. That book would not be nearly long enough, right? So Jonas wins as we all were secretly hoping, but also kind of knew that he would. I love that about books because you always know whether or not someone's going to die because like just by the length. And I really appreciate that because I... I don't do scary things. So anyways, Jonas wins. And then we kind of hit this like nice little like lulling period of they have their routine. They like they work during the day. Jonas trains. Tilly is in the kitchen making relationships with like Sabrina and Delia and some other people in the in the world around her. And I can't quite recall for some obscure reason the moment that things become spicy. Does anyone remember?
4: Like chapter 10 is when they first kiss
1: and why did they first kiss remind me
0: I can step in here <laughs>
4: <Yes>. <laughs> I'm reading my notes but I'm not seeing why they kiss I just have that they
0: <laughs> I love that it's you after immediately he... knew the chapter too that was that like was. <laughs> that's on point they it's after they try to escape after she like
3: yeah I, have it, I had it highlighted because I highlighted the will you have me line.
1: Yes, that is the line that I want on a bookmark, please, ASAP, Summer.
0: <laughs> Good to know because I'm waiting to make like bookmarks and stickers until I have, you know, your the, feedback.
3: That was like my first bit, like big highlight was that line. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes,
1: this is it. <laughs> So to jump back into our retelling here, they try to escape. They absolutely do not succeed. And at this point, Jonas is receiving his lashes. I think it's like 40 lashes. And now it's Tilly's turn. And he's like, no, like, do not let her have these. Like, these lashes are mine. He, I think, passes out at like 23 or doesn't necessarily pass out, but like, they've reached the point where it's like now he's up to 63 lashes and obviously he's not going to last past that. So for two weeks, he's with the medicus, like the medical man who's on site after these lashes until he is just like devastated being like, I can't believe that this man did this for me. Like he was already covered in scars and now I can't even see him. And he just took all of this pain for me. Like I really am being pieced back together by him at this time. Which I was just very overwhelmed with. Something that we should probably mention is why they tried to escape. Because they're captured on this island and they are like, they're slaves. When they got captured, they're trying to pay back their freedom. And then on top of that, she has been low-key like learning how to fight from Jonas because she wants to be able to defend herself. And a moment happens between her, Sabrina, and this jerk of a guard, Alistair, and Alistair is just an asshole, like kept coming on to Sabrina and Sabrina, like kept trying to like, be like, Hey, don't, don't, don't fuck with me. You know, like stop fucking with me. And one day Alistair just like got too much in his head and was like, no, today I'm going to have Sabrina. Like y'all can't stop me. But Tilly heard until he saw, and she came up and was like, essentially like, this is my moment where I am going to kind of like take back a piece of myself after Abraham took it away like that's how I interpreted it and she kills Alistair and she saves Sabrina from that experience so that is another reason as to why they were running away because she's like Jonas I just killed Alistair like we need to run before they kill us kind of situation and then that's where all the lashes ended up coming in
3: Delia told them where the
2: boats were Yeah. yeah
1: yeah she did and we always thought delia was like she's like that like softy but also she rules with an iron fist she's the woman who's in charge of the entire kitchen staff and she's a mother figure but also like the mean mother figure not the full-on mother figure but she's she's there
2: it's tough she's tough
1: with a heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah she's a little batshit shit with a heart that's a good way to put it so after this point i don't know about you guys but i thought things started to get real spicy after this right oh yeah
0: absolutely okay. <laughs> <Pick up.
1: laughs> i love just like the choruses of yes it did with the look on everyone's faces of like oh yeah it did
3: like, <laughs> but with so much vulnerability like emotion too like that's the best when there's like that real emotional part of the spice i love that yeah. He, he said, you also have my heart, every bloodied and scarred piece of it. Say so I live for the
2: Jonas quotes. <laughs> Jonas, I love his quotes. I love them all. Tilly followed up with, she loved every bloodied, scarred, but beautiful piece of him. So she added to it. Yeah. We know that Jonas
1: is a man of few words, but as we can tell, they are beautiful words. And what he says is, We're more than just our bodies, Tilly. When they don't remember that, we have to remind them. And Tilly said I'd first have to convince myself.
0: That was Sabrina.
1: Just kidding. I take most of that back then. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably start adding notes. Y'all, this is the first time that I've ever used the Kindle app and like gone to like my notebook. Like how have I been on Kindle for 15 years and never even knew that this is how you solve your highlights? Like, I've just been highlighting stuff, and it's just been lost to the abyss. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, that's why I'm the worst reader. i just taking it all in and then throw it away.
1: It's gone. Like, anytime that we've, like, had our weekly quotes, like, I've always had to screenshot the quote on my screen and then, like, add it somewhere else. Summer's looking at me like she's shook. But, like, <laughs> I just... Well, maybe if I knew how to use the technology better, I would have known that that was Sabrina. Great line, Sabrina, though you as well sabrina and mo-
3: she has some a lot of my highlights are from sabrina she has the best things to say she's
4: sabrina. a smart girl you know she make those words come to life and you actually feel them she's gonna
0: be book three i just finished her book i'm like finally going over like edits again if you liked her in this book like, she is unhinged, and I'm actually having, like, minor anxiety. This is totally, like, a tangent. But as you guys all know, Sophie Lark just came out with a book called The Savage and has, like, a very, like, badass, unhinged heroine Fancy. named Sabrina. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And my, I haven't read the Kingmaker series. I've only read, like, Brutal Prince, so, like, I do not have a reference for ever meeting her Sabrina. But like her Sabrina obviously has come out before my Sabrina and now I'm like actually panicking after all like the plagiarism stuff that's happened in the community because the cover model that I have already like purchased the photo is the same cover model for the savage and I'm like I'm like panicking Uh. and that's what everybody has been saying with like the whole like.
3: CCs. This is your documentation of it being I just know. like weird parallel thinking. It's... This is, and that's that's a totally a thing. Parallel thinking is a thing. It's just like a completely random phenomenon that happens. and it's a small community and yeah, I'm like panicking. <laughs> everybody uses the same names too. It's like he has another character named Sloan too in the underworld series. so there you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But this, here you go. This is that weird witness that you had no idea.
0: <laughs> like, I like I had already written "Stolen" to fight. So Sabrina, like as a character, had already happened in conception, and I'd already started Sabrina's <laughs> book. And then I started hearing all talk about Savage coming out, and I was just like, okay, like that's fine. It's just a name. And then she released the cover, and I was like, ah. Oh! because I mean the cover model
3: super famous he's been in on the yeah. cover of a ton of books
0: anywho so uh side note <laughs> I'm gonna have my own cancel moment in t-minus the thing is um, is that yeah. I think you'll be okay <laughs> I also like I genuinely i read the sinner's duet and I've read brutal prince and, like, I, I genuinely, like, haven't read any of her other books. So while I'm yeah, very much in go. her, like, fandom and I'm obsessed with her as a
3: person. And you don't see Sabrina until she's introduced in the Kingmakers, the third Kingmakers book. No, the second one. The Rebel, okay. you meet her, like, briefly. And then she shows up in the fourth one like as an actual character. So it's okay. way later. There's like twelve books that you're supposed to read before you get to that point. Like before you even like really see her. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. So.
4: <laughs> I've also seen other authors say that while they are writing a specific subgenre, they won't read anything that is similar to their storylines. That way things don't kind of get overcrossed, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read any of that, just throw yeah. that anxiety out the window. <laughs> yeah.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the names thing is such a, that is just like part of being, it's like every, you know, generational names, like all, like the most popular names in a generation that happens with books too. When I first started reading Reverse Harems, I read like six in a row where it was like the sixth one had the names of from like one guy from each of the previous books. Like all the guys in the harem had the same name as like one of the guys in one of the previous books. <laughs> I was like, I hey, like all of these guys have the same names. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I doubt that like it was just like they're like cool guy names, you know? That's super fair.
2: Not only Sorry, that, but I think your content is very different from the way that Sophie Lark writes. So as long as the storyline and everything, you're original with it, I, I don't think people are going to have any problems with it. Okay, good. Thank and you we, already know, we already know that you write really well with the historical references. I mean, with the first book, it was about like more of the pirate setting. With the second one, it's more gladiator. I'm excited for the third one. I hope I get to read it first, but no, oh, absolutely. I just, you I just know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for
0: easing my mind on a, again, an unrelated note, but back to the related to the book. Something that you guys had mentioned was like the debt keeps accruing, which is a very, so like in ancient Rome, a lot of times, it, slavery was different than it was in the Americas and like colonies and stuff. People were like kidnapped and become slaves. Especially like as Rome expanded, there were also like government-owned slaves, and people, especially like gladiators as well, could sometimes like buy their freedom with the money that they earned in the arena. So that was like kind of that historical basis. And slavery also has obviously existed, unfortunately, throughout all of human history. But modern slavery as well, and especially with like sex trafficking, it's a very common thing for people to end up in these like abusive situations and then their pimp will continue to add to their debt and it creates a cycle. And I used to work at a residential program for survivors of sex trafficking. And it's a very common thing where people, you know, will start dating someone who then morphs into their pimp and then morphs into having this debt over them. And then the hotel rooms that they book and the food that they use and transportation, all of that keeps like involuntarily accruing to their debt. And I think it was Haley who said like, it creates this vicious cycle where you are accruing this inescapable debt. So that was also kind of like my node to modern slavery and kind of how a lot of people misunderstand i think sex trafficking and especially people who work in sex work i when i was working at this place i had, i think it was maybe maybe a chiropractor like a doctor like somebody who you know was supposedly an educated person um, and i'd mentioned i was working at a a place for survivors of sex trafficking and she was like oh from like other countries and i was like no like america and she's like oh that doesn't happen here I was like, "Mm." so, anywho, I don't really know exactly what that's why I'm saying this, but
1: maybe because it's an important topic.
0: It is,
1: (laughs) and we could we could leave it at that. But that is a wildly important topic, so I appreciate
3: that tangent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's way closer to home than people think it is.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. I know. I had a coworker. She was
4: taken by an older man and who was became her pimp was able to get out of that lifestyle and I was really young I was 17 18 whenever I met this girl so it was a wild experience and something that I didn't think existed either
0: and then add on to that all like the shame and stigma that sex sex workers have to deal with that when they do you know try to report something it's Brush under the rugs, or it's their fault, or what have you. That being said, all proceeds from Stolen to Fight for the month of March are going to go to Rain as part of Eros's campaign, but then also are going to go to that residential program I used to work at.
1: I have been wanting to ask you guys a question about a certain scene in the book. It's in chapter 16, and it's Tilly and Sabrina in the bathroom. And Tilly is feeling a lot of shame for the sexual adventures that she and Jonas have been up to.
3: I highlighted two quotes from that scene because I loved it so much. Yeah, having gone through, you know, similar trauma as Tilly, I absolutely loved, um, you know, her saying, you're rewriting your body's history with Jonas, you're healing from something by experiencing it again when you are in control when you get to choose And Tilly he said healing was that what was happening here and I think this that is you we see similar healing happening in a lot of dark romances which is why I like am so drawn to it because it's been very important for me in my own healing journey and but having it said so explicitly, like, you'll see, it'll kind of be mentioned that that's, that's what's happening to the, to the main character, you know, she'll say like, oh, like, you know, his hands, I want to feel his hands where, you know, the other guy's hands were to like wipe it away or something, but it'll be like a little bit more euphemistic, I thought a word, <laughs> but or just more of a metaphor, but this was so exactly what I needed to hear and what Tilly obviously needed to hear. I really
4: resonated with Tilly and feeling shameful for enjoying certain things when how she said, while other women out here are like being assaulted, you know, so how can I like these kinds of things? And I really enjoyed how Sabrina counteracted and like helped Tilly see that there was nothing wrong with her for liking certain things.
0: I initially didn't have that scene in like the first draft. And I think, I think it was one of my beta readers who kept pointing out, you know, like, is this realistic? Like, would she like this position? Would she actually be doing this? And a lot of times as a writer, there's so many things that make sense in your head and that like, you know, the story so intimately that you don't feel like you even need to explain it. But I'm really glad that that's why you have beta readers and I am always so grateful for them <laughs> because I do think now that that's like that's one of my favorite scenes in the book and I think as well for like readers to have that explicit permission given as well hopefully is meaningful.
2: I, I really love that scene as well because you got to see a little bit more of Tilly's vulnerability. And then for Sabrina to step in and be such a great friend and to just kind of help her navigate those feelings that she was having, providing just a little bit more clarity. I think that that scene will resonate with a lot of your readers. Thank you.
1: I just wanted to say that I can definitely relate to Mary on this in terms of when I read this scene, not only the final version of it with Tilly and Sabrina in the bathhouse, but also when Summer was going through her rough drafts and she she shares those with me. I remember calling her or emailing her or something and being like, Summer, like, is this real? Like this like healing process, like the rewriting of your body. Like, is this something that people actually do? Because being a survivor of sexual assault multiple times, I had no idea that this was even a thing like whatsoever. And I also, generally speaking, don't read dark romances. So Summer teaches me things all the time, but to have that really opened up my eyes of like this is something that happens and like this is why certain partners of mine have been more successful than others like that was really really huge to me as a reader to be like like I feel seen and I feel like not only have I been not only do I feel seen I feel like it has been delivered to me like as you said Mary in a really straightforward way that I can completely relate to and that is when your book starts healing people and like your writing starts healing people, like that is such a testament to the writing that you're, that you're experiencing to the story. When a story heals you like that.
0: That scene was based off of that conversation that we had. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) it. Summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, as readers, we all appreciated that scene as well. Any group of women you get together can unfortunately relate to that in one way or another. Well, it's themselves, somebody they know. Yeah, I came
4: across a TikTok today and it was about, you know, when was the first time that you were inappropriately appro- inappropriately approached by a man, basically backing off of essay, right? and. The woman who stitched the video was like, I was 15, and I was lucky that I made it that far. You know, it's just tragic. Yeah,
3: I posted a a video um, thanking dark romance authors for writing these types of scenes in their books because some guy, book talker, was, like, saying that people who read dark romance have, like, issues and are like sick. And I was like, I mean, yeah, but that's the point. That's the way we're trying to deal with it. (laughs) And just all my comments were just full of, of authors saying, you know, this, that's why I write it is because writing is healing for me too. And I was like, well, we're just all here together going through it. And it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that we all kind of have those experiences, but It's amazing to have a community that's so supportive and that we can help each other. That is just one of the beautiful
1: things about this like indie writing community, these self-publishers, like I've never felt this connected to any of the writings that I've ever experienced before. Like none of the mass marketed books. And I'm not saying that they don't have their pieces of wisdom here and there, but never have I felt seen or identified or can relate to books like on this level. And that's a really awesome thing about book talk. How did we feel when we didn't talk about this in the, uh, the recap, but there was a moment where Jonas made a really good friend named Max. And then all of a sudden Max and Jonas had to go face to face on the arena and they thought they were going to be fine. But then last minute decision on terms of asshole Dominus, I have so many mean words for Dominus. Oh. Anyways, asshole Dominus was like, no, there can only be one winner and Max and Jonas were best friends. That'd be like Tilly and Sabrina trying to fight each other. I cried.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I have in my notes
2: end quote, I am broke In with a sad face. It was intense because you were kind of rooting for both of them to come out on top because you heard about how he was such a good friend to Jonas while they're both kind of going through the same thing. And then you can kind of see it coming, but then at the same time, you're just like, no, I don't want this to happen. And then after the scene when Jonas kind of breaks down and Tilly has to kind of step in and, you know, piece him back together, I thought that was a really important scene too, just because not only. Does it show that, you know, she's incredibly strong and she has that power to put him back together. But the fact that he was willing to show that vulnerability when he's supposed to be the protector in that dynamic. So I thought it was a great scene. I agree. Life. I think
4: I was the most sad because I I kind of wanted him and Sabrina to get together. That's kind of like the foreshadowing I was kind of getting at and seeing. And then obviously that happened. So I was like,
0: no (laughs) I think that was very like that scene and what happened kind of not that it had to happen because I hate when authors like kill somebody you love and they're like it had to happen because like I wrote the book like obviously I could have had some way way. yeah (laughs) which is like partially why and I made like all of the all of the guards circle them with like bows and arrows because I was like, Jonas isn't just gonna like kill him for shits and gigs like there has to be.
2: So- I really to thought they were gonna rebel at that point. I really oh, thought the no. two of them would like team up and just kind of be like alright, this is our moment to kind of rebel and get out of here. And then when the guards came out and I was like, oh man.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, that's what would have happened or like would have been realistic if like those guards didn't, you know, yeah, really put it to him. But now, I mean, Sabrina's story, I you you may be able to guess who is in her story or not, and I love it. But now I'm like wishing I'd um, like a little bit kept Max alive so that I could give him his own story as well other than just naming a donkey after him in the epilogue. <laughs> but that's an important
3: moment. That's so good. I that. Yeah. It.
0: <laughs> it's the original epilogue was like very, very different. Um, and like half of the epilogue was just like Jonas and this mule ignoring her like stripping in the background because he's having like a moment. With
1: but we know just based on the way that she <laughs> even wrote the epilogue, we know that they had those moments all the time just in like the one sentence that you summed up with it
3: yeah I was gonna say I was like you still mentioned that but that's his new best friend
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I think Max would be really fun to explore more as like, maybe I'll do like a prequel
4: That's what I was just that. gonna say that
0: yeah so it would have to be like a happy for now prequel where you know maybe his he just has like maybe it's just like a spicy book with him Ooh, Uh, a little
3: novella maybe
0: maybe yeah he's already
1: a fighter what if he was already a fighter i don't know oh my god and
0: he's like a mercenary and he like travels around and just like has these wild sexy times in different countries and it's not really a love story it's just like his sexcapades
1: i mean it's (laughs) it's the diary of max my sexcapades like i wouldn't be mad about that at all
0: which is very max. He would write a journal of his sex campaigns.
3: Exactly. <laughs> oh, And spicy okay. scenes from the male perspective have, like, the it hits way different.
1: It does. Oh man, it does. Give that to me all dang day.
0: This is kind of a, I don't know if I've, I think I've mentioned in the interwebs, like publicly that during like the holiday time, they're going to come out with a novella with all three car- three couples so Elliot and Sloan Tilly and Jonas obviously and then Sabrina and whoever she ends up with uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I Was think I'm a gonna
3: spoiler moment
0: <laughs> well because no no that's not the, the spoiler moment but I think I'm gonna write that novella with like I think I'm gonna do like each chapter is gonna be a different character so I'll have like the males POV too also because people hate like single pov which i people hate it and i'm like oops (laughs)
3: Um, i i don't hate i i prefer like dual or multiple pov but obviously like that's not always what you're gonna get but a lot of times i'm like (laughs) in fact i feel like i notice it more if it is dual POV if there's a scene where I'm like oh I wish that they had switched like POV during that scene Mm -hmm. I feel like you notice that that's I'm more sensitive to that so I didn't mind so much but it would be cool to see I don't know about you guys but like
1: half of what I highlighted was just like my favorite lines between Tilly and Jonas do you guys have any favorite quotes
2: I liked it when they were by the beach area and he was like maybe you're my reason That was one of mine because I was like, that was like the first hint that we got that he was even thinking in that direction and she was still a little bit confused about it but he was kind of like, hey, you know, this is fate. It's possible you're my reason that we're here.
1: I know that one of my favorite quotes is a little bit on the spicier side. I have like 15, like 30 highlighted, let's just be honest, but I am ready to read a spicy one. You guys ready for it?
3: Yeah, because mine is too and I'm wondering if it's the same one.
1: I was just <laughs> gonna say that. <laughs> okay, I'm hoping. So uh for context for our listeners, they Jonas and Tilly are having a reunion after Tilly has made it off the island, which I don't think we even mentioned once, but Tilly made it off the island through Jonas's misguided sense of honor. Idiot. Anyway, so she made it off the island and now she's back on the island, like trying to help him escape. So they're in a room. Thankfully, privacy. Okay from Tilly's perspective. Do you want more? I wrapped my hand around his shaft and lightly slapped his throbbing cock on my outstretched tongue. He nodded, his jaw clenched, then beg. He swallowed, and a rumbling groan came from deep in his chest. My own breath caught in my throat, waiting for his response to my brash demand. I willn't beg anyone. His jaw flared as he spoke. Except you. Right? Okay. like. Bow down to Summer to the author, because this was such a pivotal moment. Like, not only was it hot as heck, but also, like, when all words failed them, this is how they communicated. Like, they had this under lock. This is how they truly were able to reach each other's souls.
4: Was that the same um, quote that you guys were thinking of? So the one I was thinking of is, you know, when they're, they're actually having sex and Tilly cries out, God. And Jonas replies, I'm no God, I'm the
3: bloody devil. I was like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Love those lines. Okay, mine was probably the spiciest in my, (laughs) my opinion. It was after he and Max won against the African slaves. And obviously he was like pretty distressed about having killed like a bunch of people even though he quote unquote won and she goes to him and she says, tell me what you need. And he's kind of being a little bit standoffish, but then he says, lift your dress. And then he says, I need you. And she says, well, I'm I'm yours always. He says, no, I need to fuck you hard and fast. But I think that might be like Can the next like it? Yes, yes that's it was on the next page yeah
1: she's like give it give it, give it, me it all yes.
3: oh so good I didn't like I wouldn't even try to do an accent but like hearing it in my head it came through in the accent oh yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah when, when Very I was good saying, when I was saying my quote I was like I don't know if I'm speaking this correctly like I should have <laughs> my Jamie Outlander a little bit better but either way it comes through so hot so guys mm-hmm. if you listeners if you feel like we're butchering this and it's not as hot like just wait till you read it because that's where mm-hmm. like all the right syllables and vowels are going to roll and it's just going to be the spice level is going to go through the roof mm-hmm. yes
4: it will convey in your head better
1: <laughs> yes than us non like narrators can do
4: <laughs> i have just... another one but it's not spicy <laughs> oh hit us <laughs> with it quote. So this is a Jonas quote and it says I cannot stop the pain from your past but I will do my damnest to stop it from your future.
2: My heart. My heart too. Oh yeah. I like the one where he said there's nothing more dangerous than a man with nothing to lose and he's like and I'm a monster with nothing to lose. Yes. Like, Okay. Oh. <laughs> Although like it's it's funny for like
0: Whenever I'm doing, like, promotional stuff, I usually use the spicy quotes. So a lot of times I'll forget, you know, just the the non-spicy ones. Um, So thanks for reminding me of that one. It's kind of like Stolen at Sea where Sloan says that a lot of people have said she couldn't do things and she proved them wrong every time. Like, that was a line that I had just written, and obviously I love Sloan and her character, and I liked that scene but i didn't really think much of it and it's the most highlighted quote from stolen at sea which makes me really happy because it just means that like a lot of like badass women are reading the book and like relating to that like badass and her
1: one of the quotes that i think is going to be highlighted come once you get all the notifications summer is it's in chapter 19 and it's from tilly's tilly's mouth and it says jonas don't you see that you're not a monster that life has forced you to play the monster, but when you're actually given a choice, you choose to play the hero.
2: I like this one, but it wasn't really a spoken quote, but I'm not going to tell you where it's from. You guys will know, but it says, every piece of me loves every piece of you. And I was like, oh, this is in reference to when he was talking about, you know, him being shattered and broken and she called him beautiful. I was like, oh, it's a throwback.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> in the best way.
2: I was using the candles that I made for this book while I was reading the book, <laughs> so it's kind of oh. cheating. But <laughs> I was right there in the room with them.
1: <laughs> I don't feel like that's cheating. I feel like that's amplifying in the best way. <laughs> that's mm-hmm.
2: winning.
0: And speaking speaking of uh, Ariba, before we end, you'll definitely have to tell everybody you know where they can order your candles, maybe Absolutely. the scents, all that good stuff.
1: Do you have anything that you like really want the listeners to know before they obviously just like dive into this book and experience the world that we are all currently living in?
4: I would say definitely look into the trigger warnings, the content warnings. Some of them can be, you know, darker themes, darker elements, but they were all written in a really easily digestible way.
1: I feel like they're written in a way that's just therapeutic enough and just light enough While still really hitting home the point that you can read it as someone who's maybe experienced essay or even just are triggered by it, and you can see it from a healing perspective versus feeling like you're going through it fresh with them. You know, so you have that space to experience it as an outsider's perspective, but still gain those healing compounds from it. Because I know that I've read some of this darker novels before and I felt like I was reliving in the worst ways versus when I read Summer O'Toole's book I'm like no I'm reliving this in a way that may be uncomfortable but at the same time there is healing in these
3: words. And I think too that if it is something that is really triggering for you especially like the initial scene you know you can sort of skim past it without like and not lose anything in the story. And you'll still benefit from these really healing conversations that are happening in her journey, you know, through that without like missing anything. It's, I mean, I still think it's very powerful, but if that is something that is, is, is triggering to you, it can be, you know, it's not necessarily a, a, a deal breaker for the entire book.
4: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree and I feel like it was just that that main scene in the very beginning obviously there's Mm -hmm. a little bit here and there um sprinkled out but the I I agree I think you could totally skip over the beginning scene skim it whatever and if you just want to put in your mind like you know something bad had happened but the healing journey in this is just truly amazing and inspiring Mm -hmm.
1: Oh my gosh, you guys. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this roundtable discussion. Before we close out, like, and say our goodbyes, I first want to do shout out to Ariba. Can you tell us where we can get your candles? Because I don't know about you, but I want to be smelling this right now as we retell this (laughs) or the next time I read it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So my um, company is The Bright Side Candles and the website is thebrightsidecandles.com. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok, same handle, The Bright Side Candles.
4: Awesome. Thank you, Reba. And Haley, where can we find you? So on TikTok, my handle is literaryhaley on Instagram, which I just created kind of like a bookstagram account. It's the same handle with the exception of an underscore at the end. So it's
3: Haley with an underscore.
1: Awesome. Thank you. And how about you, Mary?
3: Yeah, I'm on TikTok and Instagram at slandoswaypad brilliant Haley and
0: Mary are both going to be doing giveaways with proof copies of stolen to fight so proofs are what our authors order to make sure that once everything is printed you know pages are there they're not off printed and weirdly skewed and stuff like that so they have a banner across the top that's fairly small that says not for resale so it's not a pristine um plain cover but it's also kind of cool because proofs are very very limited edition there's i only got three printed so if you guys want a signed proof copy wherever you're listening to this there'll be links down below to both their, their socials and they'll be hosting the giveaways on those socials so um yeah, we'll have the rules in there and stuff like that too <laughs> mm-hmm. not very good at this <laughs> promotional thing <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say like I, I can't even put into words how appreciative i am for all of you guys this was really really wonderful and i'm just all around just so so appreciative that anybody has read my book enjoyed it and likes these characters as much as i did so yeah just endless endless gratitude so fun
3: yes
4: thank you thank you all
0: right
3: guys next okay. time
1: Where we are going to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Good night,
3: everybody.
0: (laughs) Good night. As a reminder, all of the proceeds from Stolen to Fight for March, which when this is released, we will have two days left of, are going to be donated to Rain, which is for survivors of sexual assault, as well as to Eden House, which is a residential program that I worked at with survivors of sex trafficking. But in addition to that, our charity of the month is 826 Valencia, which is for underfunded communities and supporting writing and writing skills in those communities for the kids.